right, good morning everybody. Thank you for joining us this morning here at Lighthouse Discipleship Center. My name is Dave Everett and we're going to be continuing our teaching this morning on such a great salvation. Uh, this will be part five and uh, we got many more to come on this series. It's going to be more extended than I thought. I'll explain more of that in just a few moments. Just so you know, all of our teachings are archived on our website at lighthousediscipleship.org as well as our YouTube channel, Lighthouse Discipleship Center. And we also want to say thank you to all those who have partnered with us with their tithes and their offerings. In case you're wondering how to do so, you can simply go to our website at lighthousediscipleship.org, go to the top, and you can go to our give page, and you can give them anywhere from around the world. If you'd rather send us a check, you can simply make your checks payable to Lighthouse Discipleship Center. And uh, you can find our mailing address, excuse me, um, on the bottom of our website, it's on every page. And then also, if you're, rather, if, if you're in the U.S., just so you know, your tax donations are 100% tax deductible, as we are a 501c3 church. Okay, and so we will have Bible study tonight uh, at uh, just 6 o'clock Pacific Standard Time. We'll be continuing our study on the Believer's Authority by Andrew Womack, and uh, we'll, we'll pick up with that there. So without... without uh, Let's just go ahead and jump right into the message this morning. Excuse me, I lost my train of thought. But anyway, we again we're on part five, and I've, I split this uh, series on such a great salvation into four segments. And let me recap those real quick for you. The first one we talked in our first hour. We talked about the gift of salvation uh, about four, five about five or six weeks ago. And then we talked about what I believe is my favorite uh, segment of this is the purpose of salvation, which has to do a lot of our relationship with God. And then we went to, we spent two weeks on talking about the necessity of salvation. <coughs> we were out one week, we were dark one week just because we had some technical challenges, but we just spent two weeks on talking about the necessity of salvation. And starting this week, we're going to talk about the, the last segment, um, which is called the benefits of salvation. We're going to be talking about that over the next several weeks because I've got many components of this I'm going to be talking about over the next several weeks. So I'm going to be extending this series longer than I, than I thought, and I'll explain a little bit more of that as I go a little deeper into this. What I'm going to do now is, uh, and this week, um, and, we'll, and this will be the last segment of this series, today I'm going to go over an overview of the benefits of salvation, and then uh, uh, starting hopefully today and then going to the preceding week, I'm going to highlight some very, very specific benefits of our salvation, primarily wholeness, healing, and prosperity. I'm going to be talking about those in a lot more detail, and I'll explain more of that as we go further, okay? So what I'm going to do now, and like I said, we're in the last segment of this, this series, talking about the benefits of salvation. And this, one, this week I'm going to go over the overview of the benefits of salvation in, in, a, in more of a broad sense, and make it a little more specific on some of the specific benefits of salvation I feel led to highlight. But in doing so, I, I need to also recap what we talked about in a little more detail uh, than I just did. Let me talk about a little more re uh, what, I, what we talked about the last few weeks as we're kind of bringing this to a head. The way I teach a lot, and some of you might not have noticed, is that I'm kind of like a lawyer in one sense, where I, I have all my, uh, my witnesses of the scripture and this and that, and then I have my closing arguments. And I'm kind of, uh, right now, I'm, I'm, this is not a closing argument. This is actually the closing to the closing arguments. And so um, 
because I, I'm, I'm, I'm setting the stage. I'm, I'm bringing everything together to a head here. Uh, but then, uh, then I have some more things I got to go into to give more detail. Hopefully, I'll explain that a little bit more just in your minutes and you understand better. So we're talking about the benefits of salvation. We're talking about salvation. We're talking about how we have a great salvation, and now we're going to start going into the benefits of salvation. In our first lesson, when we talked about the gift of salvation, we talked about how the, the word salvation in the Hebrew, Yeshua, means wholeness, healing, prosperity, and deliverance. Okay? In the Greek, soteria, it means the same thing. Wholeness, healing, prosperity, and deliverance. And like I said... Uh, today I'm going to go over an overview of the benefits of salvation, but then in the preceding weeks I'm going to spend a lot more time on wholeness, healing, and prosperity. Uh, because I think we need to understand these things in a little more detail and how they relate to salvation. And uh, especially even the prosperity one because I think there's a lot of misunderstandings about that. People, There's a lot of people who don't like the word prosperity, and yet it's, it's what salvation means by definition. And so... If we don't like prosperity, then in one sense, without understanding the word, we don't we don't like salvation. Okay, and we don't some of us don't say it in that context because we don't understand what salvation can means. At the same point in time, I understand that there's a lot of uh, kooks out there who have misconstrued prosperity and mistaught prosperity, and that's because it, and that has given it a bad flavor. Okay, but just because something has a bad flavor, we got to make sure we're not throwing the baby out with the bathwater. Okay? Sometimes we just need to change the bathwater. Okay? Not the baby. Okay? And so we'll, we'll get into that a little bit later, a little more detail in, in a few weeks. Okay? But that's what, this is what the word means. In both the Hebrew and the Greek, it means wholeness, healing, prosperity, and deliverance. There's even some even more definitions that I'm not going to necessarily go into all the detail right now. Okay? So, and we talked about in the first hour, uh, uh, a few weeks ago, <coughs> uh, salvation, excuse me, is a gift. And we have several scriptures that we talked about that, but I'm going to highlight just one today. And from Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, for by grace you have been saved. That's what we're talking about. Saved through faith. You're not of yourself. It is a gift of God. It's not from yourself. It's a gift of God. And I spent a lot more time on this uh, in our first hour, in our first lesson. Again, what I'm going to be going over uh, my first several slides this morning is a recap of what we've already covered. Okay? And so... I'm not going to go in detail on some of this stuff because I already did. Okay? It's a gift of God. Salvation is a gift of God. Okay? The basis, <coughs> excuse me. The basis of our salvation is grace. Excuse me. I'm just trying to get the cough out of my system. Well. Okay? Through faith, we accept God's free gift of salvation. That he provided by his grace. I know this is a little detail, but we, God's salvation is a gift. It's grace. It's his grace. It's a gift. Those two words can be used synonymously. How do we receive it? By faith. It's a, his grace, his gift, his salvation is a gift, and we receive it by faith. Okay? Salvation includes wholeness in every area of my life. Includes salvation. Salvation includes wholeness in every area of my life. Salvation includes healing in every area of my life. Mentally, physically, financially. It includes prosperity in every area of my life. Prosperity is not just finances. I want my soul to be prosperous. There in John chapter 
after 3 John chapter verse 2. I want my relationships to be prosperous. I want my business to be prosperous. I want my church to be prosperous. And salvation also includes deliverance in every area of my life. We should be, you know, a lot of people have addictions. We know some of them, you know, pornography, drugs, alcohol. But there's gossip. There's lying. There's depression. Some of us need to be delivered from some of these things. Okay? Some of us need to be delivered from religion. Okay? And some other things of that nature. Okay? Again, going back to Ephesians 2, 8, 9. Where by grace you have been saved through faith. It is not of yourself. It is a gift of God. Not of works that they mention but. Again, this word saved, we talked about a few weeks ago. This word saved in the Greek, it is a, it's in the perfect tense. That's not something we have in the English language, but it's something that's, that we have in the Greek language. And perfect tense means something that was done, completed in the past, yet continues to have present results. That's what the perfect tense means. And this word saved is something that was accomplished in the past. It was completed. But it still has present results. Okay? God's grace has already provided all spiritual blessings in Christ. We get that also from Ephesians chapter 1. Blessed be the, be the God of our Father, Lord Jesus Christ, who has, past tense, blessed us with every spiritual blessing in every places where in Christ. There's over 300 scriptures in the New Testament talking about what we have in Christ, and God has blessed us with every single one of those blessings. He didn't leave one of them out, and none of us are disqualified from any of them. Okay? Faith in God's grace must be released to receive what God has provided through Christ. God has given us many blessings, many benefits, because that's what we're talking about in the salvation in Christ, and we receive that grace, we receive those benefits by faith. Okay? <coughs> Excuse me. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15 10, For by the grace of God I am what I am, and his grace toward me was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God which was in me. We can all say that. By the grace of God, we are what we are. If my business is successful, if my life is successful, if my finances are successful, if my relationships are successful, if, if I'm successful in any area, if this church is successful, it's by the grace of God, not me. Amen? God's grace is the same towards everyone. They're, they're, God doesn't have favors. He has everybody's picture in his wallet. Okay? And so God's grace is the same for everyone. It says this in Titus chapter 2, verse 11, For the grace of God that brings salvation, we'll get to that in a little bit more detail, has appeared to all men. Everybody. And man meaning ma uh, mankind, not just men as males. Okay? So don't get, don't get uh, uh, all hung up by that for a moment, ladies. Okay, that includes you. Okay. Everyone has salvation provided for them. It's available to everybody. Okay. First John 2, 2 says, And he himself, meaning Jesus, is a propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also the whole world. The whole world has salvation available. Is the whole world saved? No. Not everyone was saved. Why? Because not everyone has mixed the faith with God's grace. In other words, not everyone has believed in Jesus. Not everyone has received God's grace of salvation and gift of salvation by faith. Is everyone saved? No. Is it provided to everyone? Yes. But not everyone has received it. Is healing provided to everyone? Yes. Has everyone received it? No. 
Has wholeness been provided to everyone? Yes. Has everyone received it? No. Has prosperity been provided to everybody? Yes. But everyone received it? No. <coughs> Excuse me. Has deliverance been provided to everybody? Yes. But has everyone received it? No. Why? Because you have to mix faith with this grace. That's the only way it works. There's not another way it works. There's not another, there's not a plan B, option B. Can either work or another work. And a lot of people today, <coughs> including Christians, many religious Christians, but just Christians, and even spirit-filled Christians who mean well, are frustrated because they're not seen at work. And if God's not the problem, His Word is not the problem, His grace is not the problem, His salvation is not the problem, it's our faith that is not being mixed with grace. And that's called unbelief. It's belief. But it's belief that's um, it's unbelief. Okay, let's go to another scripture real quick. In Philippians chapter two, Paul says, "Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but also much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who which works in you both the will and the do of His good pleasure." Many people get mixed up on this and thinking that we have to work out our own salvation. But people, uh, many people change out the word out for the word for. People, people think we have to work for our salvation. That's not what it says. It says work out your own salvation. Okay, I'll, I'll spend a little more time on that in a minute. But God works salvation in us through Christ, and we have to work it out. See, when we become born again, <coughs> excuse me, God deposits in everything He has accomplished through His death and resurrection. In us, and it's, seed, it's in seed form, but He deposits it all in us, in, in, in our born again spirits. Okay, and then we work out the salvation He has already worked or deposited in us. Okay, He deposits in us, and we work that out. What salvation did God deposit in us? Again, salvation is wholeness, healing, prosperity, deliverance. A major step towards victory is to quit looking for salvation to come. And a major step for victory is to begin to understand salvation is already in us. Okay? A major step towards salvation is to begin to work out the salvation that is already in us in Christ Jesus. We already have salvation. We already have wholeness. We already have healing. We already have prosperity. We already have deliverance. It's not God's turn to move. God has already provided salvation through Jesus Christ. He's not going to die again. Okay? He's not going to rise again. It's our turn to believe, put faith in that grace. It's our turn to receive what He has provided for us through Jesus Christ. It's our turn to put faith in His grace. Now let's go back to Philippians real quick. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling for God is not working in us. We are working out our salvation. I just made this point a minute ago. We're not working for our salvation. That's religion. That's Antichrist. You can't work. Even if you try to work for salvation, you can't do that. Paul says in other scriptures, we've talked about this many times, you, you make the, the cross of Christ of no effect when you try to work for your salvation. Okay? You cannot, it's a gift. You can't work for a gift. You can work for a wage, and the wages of sin is death. You can't work for it. It's a gift. You can't work for it. 
You can only receive it by faith. Okay, it's grace. If it's grace, it's not work. It can't be work and grace. That is our oxymoron. It, it can't, you can't have it both ways. Salvation is a gift. And salvation is what God did for us through Jesus Christ. Salvation, his grace, can only be received by faith. <coughs> the just lives by his faith. The righteous lives by his faith. Okay, we don't, we, by faith we live. In him we live and we move and we have our being. It says in the book of Acts. And when we put our faith in Jesus as our Lord, God puts salvation, all of its blessings, all of its benefits, inside of us. And it's in there in seed form. It needs to be watered. It needs to gestate and grow. But it's in there in, in seed form. We have it in us, and then we work that salvation out. Now, again, another way, <coughs> excuse me, another way of looking at this verse, working out your salvation, this word, uh, work out some salvation, work out, this phrase, work out, in the Greek, and I'm not going to pronounce that right now, it means to carry out to the goal. It means to carry out to its ultimate conclusion. That's what the word means. Okay? Let me give you an example of this. Okay? The student worked out a math problem. The, the student didn't work for the math problem, I bet you the student would rather not have the math problem. Okay? The student worked out the math pro the problem in arithmetic. Okay? The student carried out the problem to its ultimate conclusion. What did he do? He found the answer. There was a problem, and through arithmetic, he worked out the math problem to its ultimate conclusion. That's an example of how this word would work. Okay? We are exhorted to carry out our salvation to its ultimate conclusion. And what is that ultimate conclusion? Christ's likeness. Okay? And we'll, we'll, this morning, just not sinning. Anything that's not a faith is sin. So we need to do what Jesus did. We need to go heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons. We need to do what Jesus did. It's not just sins of commission that we are guilty of. Sometimes there are sins of omission that we're guilty of. And we need to be Christ-like. We need to work out the salvation. Some of us, we already got saved and we're going to heaven and not going to hell. And praise God that that's true. But there's more in salvation than that. Some of us, if that's all you want, is to go to heaven, not hell, but you don't, you're not working out your salvation, in many ways, and don't get offended by this, you're selfish. Because you're only thinking about you. There's a whole world out there that needs Jesus. There's a whole world out there that needs healing and holiness and, and, and people to minister the gospel and salvation to them. Okay? So we are to work out our own salvation with fear and joy, for it's God who's working in us, but the will and the do of his good pleasure. Okay? I can't work out someone else's salvation. It takes enough fear and trembling to work out my own. I do not need to, to have stress to the max by, by working out your salvation for you. It doesn't work that way. Let's switch to another scripture, Romans chapter 1. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. <coughs> Excuse me. For the power of God unto salvation. I love the King James because I love this word unto. The gospel of Christ is the power of God 
It's not going to be, it not can be, it not should be. It is the power of God unto salvation. We're talking about salvation. We're talking about the benefits of salvation. And the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. And who is it for? For everyone who what? Believes. Has faith in the gospel. The just lives by his faith. Okay. For therein is the righteous of God revealed from faith to faith. Or as it written, the just shall live by his faith. I didn't make it up. It's right there in the same context. Okay? And so, uh, so, for therein is the righteous of God revealed. And in what? The gospel. That's what he's talking about. The gospel is the power of God unto salvation. So you can't separate the gospel from salvation. Because it's the power of God unto salvation. The whole power, the whole power source, right now we have lights on and we have the computer on. And you're hearing me through a mic and whatnot. The, the iPad is turned on so we can we can we can record this. I'm not the source of my the amplification of my voice. Okay, we have this the TV screen monitor on, but there's there's called we have our 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 house is set up to Wi-Fi, uh, uh, internet. It's also set up to the the. Uh, the electricity that's in this house. I'm not the source. I didn't. I don't have the power to turn this on. Yes, we have the remote and we turn it on, but it's because it's connected to a source to turn that on. And if there was no electricity in this house, if there was no internet in this house, we none of this stuff would be working, and you wouldn't be hearing me and seeing anything I'm showing or hearing anything I'm saying. What? Because the electricity, the internet, is the power to be able to do all this stuff. That we do with technology. The gospel is the power of God and salvation. Salvation is a gift. But how do you turn the puppy on? How do you turn the car on? You know, I have we have a car in our garage. And it has gasoline in it. And I just know if I put the key in and turn it on. Of course, we have one of the cars where you just push the button. But if I don't have my, the, my key on my person, it's not, I can hit that button all day long. And they ain't going to do nothing. Okay? But if... Uh, uh, I'm not the source. It doesn't have gasoline in there. It doesn't have a battery in there. It doesn't have an engine in there. If it doesn't have all the components under the, under the hood, and some of those I don't even know what they're called, but if it doesn't have, it's not in there, that, 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 that car, and we call our car Lucy, okay, Lucy's not going to turn on, okay? And so, um, you know, it needs all these components to be able to function, okay? And then they, even if you turn it on, it needs a driver to drive the thing. Okay, and so it, it's not like the Knight Rider where a uh, kid drives itself. Okay, anyway, let's get off that. The gospel is the power of God unto salvation. You the, salvation is a gift, but we need the gospel to turn this thing on. It's the power of God unto salvation. See, the gospel is the power that releases the effects of salvation in our lives. We want the benefits. Excuse me. We want the effects of salvation, wholeness, healing, prosperity, deliverance, but we need the gospel in order to do that. Okay? Salvation is much more than being born again. That's the starting point. You know, aren't if you were never born, you could never go to school, graduate, get married, have children, retire. You could never eat. You could never know what chocolate is like. You never could know what a good steak is like, or or fruits and vegetables. You would you would never enjoy life. But you have to be born. 
Okay, born, being born is important. Okay, because if you're not born, you're not living. And you can't enjoy life. And so salvation, is, salvation, eternal life, is much more than being born again. But you can't have salvation if you're not even born. And you're not even born again. Am I making sense? I am not excluding or watering down being born again. It's very important. But there's much more than just being born again. There's much more than just being born. If all you do is being born, but you never learn how to walk, you never learn how to talk, you're still wearing diapers, you know, uh, there's no quality of life in that. You want to live. You want to have a family. You want to be loved. You want to have friends. You want to eat. You want to enjoy life. You want to have a quality of life. It's much more than just being born. Praise God you're born. But as you mature and grow up and, 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 and come of age, there's things that you want to do to enjoy that life. Well, there's, there's, God has given us everlasting life. He's given us eternal life. And we talked about this in the purpose of salvation. It's much more than going to heaven. It's a relationship with God. The first step is being born again. But now that we're born again, there's a whole life to live in Christ Jesus and through Christ Jesus. Salvation is wholeness, healing, prosperity, and deliverance. It's forgiveness. It's being born again, too. And I'm not watering it down. That's the foundation because you can't enjoy any of this without that being true. Okay? So I'm not excluding that. I'm just saying that's not the whole package, too. Okay? I want all of the, the nuts and bolts. <coughs> the benefits to the salvation. Excuse me. The power for gospel and to salvation is available to everyone who believes. It's not just for me. It's not just for your pastor. It's not just for evangelists. It's not just for Billy Graham. It's not just for the Apostle Paul or, or Peter or James or whatnot. It's for everybody. Okay? Therefore, because it's for everybody, anyone who is not experiencing all salvation has provided is having a problem believing the gospel. Why? Because the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. Okay? If you're not receiving all the benefits of salvation, then there's one there's, a, there's an element of salvation that you are not believing. Because the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. What's salvation? Let's go back real quick. Salvation is wholeness, healing, prosperity. So if you're not experiencing healing, and the gospel is the power of God unto healing, salvation then there's a part of the gospel you're not believing to receive that healing. Same thing for prosperity. Same thing for wholeness. Same thing for deliverance. Am I making sense? The gospel is the power of God unto salvation. What's salvation? Wholeness, healing, prosperity, deliverance. And the gospel is the power of God to salvation to everyone who believes. So if you... So, real quick here. The powerful gospel unto salvation is available to everyone who believes. Okay? No one's excluded. Everyone can participate. Everyone can receive. Okay? Therefore, anyone who's not experiencing all, all, all salvation has provided is having a problem believing the gospel or a portion of the gospel or an aspect of the gospel. See, the gospel is the power that releases the effects of salvation in our lives. And salvation is much more than just being born again, as I've already mentioned. But the, the truths of the gospel are not commonly taught and understood in most churches and most, by most believers. Consequently, many Christians are not walking in all the benefits of salvation. They might be working, walking in some of these. Maybe they have been delivered from sin and addiction. Maybe they do have wholeness in their life, but they're, they're still experiencing sickness or illnesses or, what, sorry, 
all the not expression the prosperity of God. And there's some other elements that I'm not, I just have, don't have time to go into through the, through the scope of this teaching. Okay? Consequently, many Christians are not experiencing the power of God working in them in every area that salvation has provided. Am I making sense? We call the, the full gospel. I'm not preaching, I don't want to preach and believe the half gospel or a quarter gospel. I want the full gospel. Okay? And so, salvation is wholeness. Again, healing, prosperity, and deliverance. I'm not ashamed of this gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes it. Now, let's look real quick at this word, it. I like, again, the King James, that's everyone who believes it. Okay? This word, this phrase, or this suffix, if, at the end of the word, is a present participle. What does that mean? It's an act or process that continues. Okay? So, someone that, that believeth is someone who believes and continues to believe. You don't just believe once and we're all done. That's good. That's how it starts. It's like Lucy, our car. You want to hit the button with the key, with your key on your person uh, so that it turns on. Or if you have the old-fashioned car where you turn it, and uh, I'm more accustomed to that anyway, uh, that's good. Okay, turning the car on is good. Now, you want to keep that car turned on during the whole time that you're driving. You don't want to turn it off. It doesn't want to go off because it ran out of gas or something's wrong under the engine or whatever. It's good that you, the car stays on between where you left, departed, and until you arrived to your destination. That is a good trip. It's not good if the car turns off somewhere in the middle. Okay? We believe and we continue to believe. Am I making sense? I want the electricity to stay on during this whole message, otherwise um, the message is over because you won't be able to hear anything that I'm saying. I can keep talking all I want to, but without electricity and internet, uh, you would not be able to see and hear everything I'm teaching. Am I making sense? Okay. Again, this if means faith that results in salvation cannot be abandoned and still produce results. We, in other words, we believe and we continue to believe. You might. <coughs> Excuse me. Another way of saying this, some people have started well, they started believing, they started receiving results, but somewhere they stopped believing and, sorry, I, they stopped believing and they abandoned faith in His grace and they stopped seeing results. It wasn't God as the problem, it wasn't His word as the problem, it was our faith got shipwrecked. Our, sh our faith turned off somewhere along the way. Okay, let's go to Colossians real quick. And you once were alienated from enemies in your mind by the wicked works, yet now has been reconciled in the body of the flesh through death to present you holy and blameless and above all uh, and above reproach in his sight. If indeed you continue in the faith, that's believing and continuing to believe, grounded and steadfast and are not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you heard, which was preached to every creature under heaven, of which I, Paul, became a minister. There's a lot in here that I'm not going to go into detail, but I'm just again to bring out another scripture that we need to believe and we need to continue in the faith. Okay? Titus says it this way, For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us to deny their godliness and glory, lest we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present age. There's actually now another way of him saying that this is I switch gears. <laughs> So, 
again, the grace of God, the gospel of God, the grace of God that brings salvation to all people. It has, again, I've said this already before, but I'm just bringing out again, the grace of God, it, excuse me, of God brings salvation. It brings it. Okay? What brings it? The, the gospel is the power of God unto salvation, and the grace of God, the gospel of God, unto, brings the salvation to us. It's a gift. And it's been brought to you by grace. Grace is a gift. Okay? Anything that's been done gracious to you is a gift. It's grace. It's not something you earn. Am I making sense? I think I lost my... I thought I was... Uh, anyway, let's move forward. The grace of God brings salvation. Okay? The grace of God has appeared to all men, but not all are saved. And why? And I've already covered this. Because not all have believed. We have to respond to God's grace and faith. Grace alone does not save. And faith alone does not save. You can't have one or the other. It's both. Salvation, His grace, is only received by faith. Faith in what? His grace. You can't put faith in you. You can't put faith in your pastor. You can't put faith in your parents. You can't put faith in your kids. You can't put faith in your spouse. You have to put faith in Jesus. What's the word? It's grace and faith. It's not faith alone. It's not grace alone. It's not grace without any faith. Because you have grace, praise God. But if you don't have faith, you can't turn the thing on. If you have faith alone, but you don't have grace, you have nothing to turn off. Okay? And so, it's, again, going back to Titus, what the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us. Grace is a teacher. And it's teaching us, denying ungodliness and willing that we should li- teach us how we should live righteously and soberly. Grace does not lead us to sin. Some people think that when we teach grace, we're teaching people how that it's okay to sin. No. Because if you, if you think that we teach that, you have never heard one thing I've said, and you're bearing false witness. But if, uh, if you think that's what grace teaches, then you have never been taught by grace, because grace does not teach you that. Grace teaches you to deny ungodliness and worldly lust, and we should live soberly, righteously, and godly. That's what grace teaches. And anyone who teaches that you can live in sin and still be in grace has never been taught by grace, because that's not what grace teaches and anyone who says that is also bearing false witness. Okay? Grace does not lead us to sin. Grace teaches us to deny sin. Okay? Anyone who teaches different is a liar. Because that's not what grace teaches. You are blaspheming against the word of God if you're teaching that. You're blaspheming against the grace of God if you think that's what grace teaches. Because you're calling the, the word of God a liar. And that's not good. Okay? Jesus redeemed us from all sin. Grace teaches us to deny sin. Okay. So we cover that. I won't go over this again. Verse 14, though, says this way, Who gave himself for us, and he might redeem us from every lawless deed, and purify for himself his own special people who are zealous for good works. See, people who have a revelation of grace are zealous for good works, not sin. They're not zealous to sin. They're zealous to do good works. Okay. And it's not to, but they're not zealous to earn his grace, but because he loves them by grace. That's why they're zealous. Let's go back to Ephesians real quick. Ephesians 1 13 to 14. And him you also trusted after you heard in the word, you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. Like how he phrases that, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. 
I'm going to point out going out a little bit later, excuse me, who is a guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. Again, this gospel of your salvation is very close to what we already covered when I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for the power of God and salvation. This gospel, and we understand, most of us understand the word gospel is good news. The gospel is good news. And this good news is the power of God unto salvation. Okay? Now, what's news? News is not something that will happen. News is something that has happened. Okay? Again, news is something not something that will happen. News is something that has happened. Okay? Our media needs to get that right. Okay? They don't get, they're making up news. Okay? But anyway, salvation is news. Okay? It's news. It's the gospel, the gospel of our salvation, the good news of our salvation. Salvation is news. Christ already died for our sins. That's news. That's good news. Christ already rose again. That's good news. Salvation is good news. Salvation is a finished work. Salvation is good news. Okay? All we have to do is believe and receive it. What? This news. The salvation, this gift. Jesus said it this way in John 17, This is eternal life, and you may know the only true God in Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Eternal life is not living forever. We talked about this in our, our second hour. We talked about the purpose of salvation. Eternal life is knowing God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Eternal life is experiencing the Father, God the Father in Jesus Christ. It's experiencing God in, a, in an intimate relationship. And the early church, without any modern technology, impacted the world. We see this in Acts 17, 8, 6, where the early church, and when they did not find them, they dragged Jason and some of the brethren to the rulers of the city, crying out, These who have turned the world upside down have come here. Yet the 21st century church, the church in our era, has made very little impact compared to the early church. Why? Because today, most churches, we preach on sin and its effects instead of an intimate relationship with God. Do you know how many Christians I have come across over the last several decades that have never even heard about a relationship with God? They've heard a lot about sin, but they never even heard the concept of a relationship with God. That's wrong. That's not the gospel. See, many people are preaching on sin and its effects instead of eternal life with Almighty God. Many are preaching on sin and its effects instead of the purpose of salvation. And that's a relationship with God. The problem was sin, yes, but the purpose was a relationship with God. Even if there is a heaven and there is a hell, but even if there was no hell and God, Jesus, would still have died for us so we could have a relationship with God. We couldn't have a relationship with God because of sin. That needs to be taught, but that's not the only thing that needs to be taught. If all you do is get your sins forgiven and you don't experience a relationship with God, you have missed the purpose of salvation. You know the best thing about heaven? is not the streets of gold and the mansion and different things. It's God's there. And you know the worst thing about hell is not the fire and torment. God's not there. God.
before we were saved didn't have God in our lives, we still have not experienced life totally without God. Because the earth is filled with his glory. But hell will not be filled with his glory. God will not be there. And none of us have experienced that. Okay? And so the person of salvation is a relationship with God. Many of our preaching on sin and effects instead of the benefits of salvation. And the world is fed up with religion. The world is crying out for help. The world is looking for answers. The world is looking for purpose. The world is looking for life. The world is looking for the supernatural. Look at the movies coming out. Superheroes and the cult and many witchcraft stuff. The world is looking for everything salvation provides. The world is looking for wholeness. The world is looking for healing. The world is looking for prosperity. The world is looking for deliverance. We need a revival of what salvation is. We need a great awakening of what salvation is. Because today is the day of salvation. And with that, we go to Psalm 103, verses 1 to 5, actually. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your iniquities? Who heals all your diseases? Verse 4. Who redeems your life from destruction? Who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies? Who satisfies your mouth with good things? So that your youth is renewed like the eagles. There's so many benefits here. And benefits are, and again, it's a present participle. Okay? And some of the benefits of salvation that we have seen, even in Psalm, <coughs> excuse me. 103 verses 1 to 5. So the benefits is that he forgives all of our sins. That's a benefit. Benefits of our salvation includes that he heals all of our diseases. That's awesome. That's a benefit. He redeemed our life from destruction. Some of you have made a mess of your life. I've made a mess of my life at times. He redeemed my life from destruction. He crowns us with his loving kindness as a benefit. He crowns us with his tender mercies. His mercies are new and fresh every morning. Great is his faithfulness. He satisfied my mouth with good things. Steak and potatoes, love it. Fruits and vegetables for most of you. Chocolate. He satisfied my mouth with good things. I know it's not good for you, but man, it tastes good. Okay? Renews your youth like the eagles. I don't believe in old age. I believe God in renewing our youth like the eagles. Like Caleb, who said, I'm stronger when I, when I was 80 than he was when he was 40. Where's my other benefits? Going to heaven. That's a benefit. Avoiding hell. That's a benefit. I'm not eliminating that. You want to go to heaven and you don't want to go to hell. That is a benefit. Wholeness, healing, prosperity, deliverance, as we've been talking about and which we're going to highlight. I could spend hours talking about each and every one of these, and they are worth talking about. But I'm going to highlight these as we go forward. We're talking about the benefits of salvation. I'm not done yet, even though I have this slide up. That's what we're talking about here. 
And over the next few weeks, I'm going to highlight three of these benefits in more detail. Starting today, I'm going to be looking at the benefits of salvation and benefits of wholeness. In other words, I have three mini-series within the series of such a great salvation. And I'm going to do a mini-series starting today on wholeness. Under the umbrella of such a great salvation. Once I'm done with that, I'm going to look at healing. And then we'll look at prosperity. Okay? And how it relates to salvation. that we, The benefits of salvation that we should be experiencing. So starting today, starting now, I'm going to talk about the benefits of wholeness. Hopefully that's making sense so far. We're talking about, again, the benefits of salvation. We're still under that umbrella. We're still talking about salvation. We're not going to zero in now and talk about wholeness. So, we are made whole by God. God has reversed the brokenness. We were a broken people. Why were we broken? Because of sin. Jesus has made us whole. And he's made us whole in three areas that I'm going to concentrate on. Spirit, soul, and body. We're going to be talking about, some of you might already understand this. Andrew teaches on this. Austin Purdue teaches on this. Dwayne Sharon teaches on this. We're going to talk about spirit, soul, and body under the umbrella of wholeness, under the umbrella of salvation. We need to understand this. Of how he made us whole. One of my key verses in talking about wholeness and spiritual and body is from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 23 and 24. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless until the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Read this again. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be reserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. We're going to spend a lot of time on this, on this scripture here <coughs> as we're talking about wholeness. But, you know, there's verses that Paul, and I could give you a lot of verses, but let me give you one example. In 2 Corinthians Paul says, therefore, if anyone be, is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. There's a lot in here. But there's things that Paul is saying here that we are a new creation. We are to behold all things have become new. And if we don't understand spirit, soul, and body, when we read verses like this, we can get very confused. And what does that really mean? It sounds good. It is good. It's true. But what does that mean? And we don't, we can't really fully understand this if we don't understand spirit, soul, and body. And Jesus came to make us whole. Our spirit has become new. Our spirit is what became born again. And we're going to talk about that. Our soul became renewed. Now we'll talk about that. And our body has been and will be changed. We will get a new body one day. And so we'll talk about that as well. Let's look at First Thessalonians again, but let's go back a little further and let's look at some of the context. Rejoice evermore, pray without ceases, and everything give thanks, 
For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Quench not the spirit. Despise not prophesies, but prophesies. Prove all things. Hold fast that which is good. Abstain from all appearance of evil. There's a lot here I can highlight in every single one of these, and it's worth a message in and of itself. And the very God of peace sanctify you holy. And I pray God, your whole spirit, soul, and body, your whole spirit and soul and body, be reserved blameless into the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Again, God presents us to himself as holy. And how did he do that through Jesus Christ? God presents us to himself complete spirit, soul, and body. Okay? Jesus came to fix us. We were broken. We were a broken people. And we were broken by sin in our spirit, in our soul, and in our body. We were broken. We were alienated from the life of God. We were lost. We were doomed to hell. Our lives were lifeless. Jesus has made us whole. Jesus has made us complete. All of us. And when I mean all of us, I'm talking about spiritual and body. All three parts of us. I'm talking about all of us too, but I'm talking about all of us. Me, myself, and I. My spirit, soul, and body. Jesus came to reverse what sin had done. Jesus came to reverse what Satan had done. Jesus came to make me whole. And made me whole, spirit, soul, and body. <clears throat> Let's look at the... Now, when we're talking about this, I'm going to go to spirit and spend a lot of time on that this week and next week, but let's... Real quick, soul. Let's define what soul is. Our soul is your mind. It's your will. It's your emotions. It's your intellect. It's your personality. It's your opinions. Your reasoning. Your discernment and more. There's a lot more things I can... Your thoughts. Okay? What's going on here? Jesus has made us whole. Jesus made us complete. All of us. Jesus came to make our spirit whole. Jesus came to make our soul whole. Jesus came in to make our emotions whole. Our mind whole. Our thoughts whole. Our reasoning whole. Our opinions whole. He also came to make our body whole. Jesus came to save all of me. And Jesus came to say, all of you. And Jesus came to present us to himself blameless. Now, our divine design is that we are spirit, soul, and body. And I'm going to explain this, what I mean by divine design in just a few moments. See, Jesus came to save all of us. When I mean all of us, I'm again, I'm talking about Spirit, soul, and body. Turn with me real quick to Genesis chapter 1. And in Genesis chapter 1, verse 20, beginning with verse 26. And then God said, Let us, plural, make man in our, plural, image, according to our, plural, likeness. So God created man in his own image, and in the image of God he created man Male and female, he created them through mankind. 
male, female, Adam and Eve. Okay? Those floors. Okay? Now don't get much thinking. We don't serve three gods. But it says, make, make it up. That's plural. Man, in our image, not like this. That's plural. But we don't serve three gods. We serve one God, who is a triune God. Our triune God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So I want to go back real quick. Let's look at this again. In Genesis 1.26, God said, let us, plural, make man in our image, that's plural, according to our likeness. We don't serve three gods, and yet us, our, our, is plural. We don't serve three gods, we serve one God who is triune. And our triune God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I'm not three people. We are one, each ourselves one person, but we also are a triune being. And our divine design is spirit, soul, and body. We were made in his image. We were made in his likeness. One God with three distinct persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. One person, you and I, three distinct parts of our being, spirit, soul, and body. The Word of God can explain to me, if we spend time on it, how I am, what I am, who I am, and it can explain how to be whole in our spirit, soul, and body. Okay? When you get saved, it's your spirit that gets changed. When you get saved, it's your spirit, man, that becomes born again. But now, you need to be renewed in your mind, your soul. See, in Ephesians chapter 4, Paul says, But we have not so learned Christ, if so by be, be that ye have heard him, and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning the former conversation of the old man, which is corrupt according to deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man, which it was created in righteousness and true holiness. When you get saved, it's your spirit that gets changed. It's your spirit that gets born again. And the renewing of the spirit of your mind, we put off the old man, and we put on the new man. Where do we do that? In our minds. And God also wants us to do something with these bodies that he has redeemed, that he's purchased. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit, are we not? And we're going to be talking about that. We're the temple of the Holy Spirit. We've been bought with a price. Okay? Many doctrines have emerged because people don't understand spirit, soul, and body. And God wants us, our, sorry, kind of misspelled there. God wants us, our spirit, soul, and body, to be whole. God wants us, all of us, our entire being, spirit, soul, and body, to be whole. Our bodies, your bodies, are the temple of the Holy Spirit. You were created in the image of God. You were created in the likeness of God, who is a triune God, and we are a triune being. And our divine design is spirit, soul, and body. Now, even though when we talk about spirit, soul, and body in three aspects, there are some scriptures that talk about two parts of us, 
the inward man, and the outward man. For example, 2 Corinthians 4, 16 says, Therefore we do not lose heart, even though our outer man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. So we talk about three parts, but yet some scripture talk about two parts. See, the inward man is a combination of our spirit and our soul. It's also called the heart. Okay? And the only thing that can separate your spirit and your soul is the word of God. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of the soul and the spirit. There's only one thing that can separate your spirit and your soul and make a distinction, and that is the word of God. There's nothing in this planet, there's nothing earthly, there's nothing natural that can, make, that can distinguish the two. That's why people, most people get them mixed up. But the word of God can make a division between the two. And it's the only, it's the only thing that can. There is no other way to distinguish between your soul and your spirit. The only way to distinguish that is the word of God. Okay? You might try, you might think differently, and you can hold to your opinion. But again, your opinion is part of your soul. Okay? And your soul can be divided from your spirit by the word of God. When your spirit and your soul is separated from your body, that's called death. Okay? Your body will return to the dust from which it came, and your spirit and soul will return to God from which it came. Okay? When Jesus comes again, you will get a new body, and we're going to talk about that more in detail later. Okay? But salvation, wholeness, is spirit, soul, and body. We need to understand salvation, wholeness, regarding all three aspects of spirit, soul, and body. If not, we're going to be confused. How are we going to be confused? Because there's scriptures out there <coughs> that say, I'm saved by faith. But then there's other scriptures that say, we are saved by hope. Which is it? Because faith is future tense. But no, excuse me, I said it wrong. Faith is now. Faith now is. Hebrews 11, 1. But hope is future. Faith is now, but hope is future. Hope is the, 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 the positive expectation of good. Okay? It's an expectation of something. Faith is now. But hope is something. So which one is it? And there are the scriptures that says we are being, being saved. And if you don't understand spiritual and body, you'll get scriptures mixed up and you'll be confused. So when we talk about spirit, spirit, soul, and body, spirit is saved now by faith. For example, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. Let's look at that real quick. By grace. You have been saved through faith. And that not of yourself is the gift of God. When you believe in his grace, you are saved by faith. Faith is now. And when you <coughs> accept Jesus, something miraculously happens deep inside you, your spirit. And when you accept Jesus, your spirit man is born again. And when you accept Jesus, your spirit man is saved. Your spirit man is made whole. That's what we're talking about. And when you accept Jesus, your spirit man is united to Jesus himself. And we'll bring this out later, but it's sealed with the Holy Spirit promise. We already read that verse, but we'll, we'll spend more time on that later. Okay? Your spirit is saved now by faith. But your soul is being saved by the word. 
Let's look at James chapter 1, verse 21. But before we go there, again, reminded our soul and our mind, will, emotions, personalities, intellect, opinions, reasoning, but not. Okay? You know, your soul is being saved by the word of God. Let's look at James 1, 21. Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of the wickedness, and receive with the meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. God's word is changing your mind. My mind. God's word is saving my mind. God's word is making my mind whole. I'm losing my thoughts, and I'm receiving his thoughts. I'm rejecting my opinion, and I'm receiving his opinion. Your spirit is saved, but your soul is being saved, and your soul is being made whole. How? By the washing of water by the word. Ephesians 5, 26 says, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word. He does the sanctifying. He does the cleansing. And how does he do it? By the washing of water by the word. Okay? As you seek God in the scriptures, the engrafted word is able to save your soul. As you meditate on his word, the engrafted word is able to make you whole, your mind whole, your emotions whole. There have been times where I've fallen apart because of something happening, but when I get into the word of God, worship, because there's a lot of scripture and word and whatnot, my mind, my emotions become whole in that moment. Because his word washes my soul and makes it cleanse and gets me back on track. My born-again spirit is saved. My born-again spirit is whole. And my soul is in the process of being saved by the washing of water, by the word. My soul is in the process of being made whole. And my mind is being renewed. My emotions are being renewed. My thoughts are being renewed. My opinion is being renewed. My discernment is being renewed. As my mind is being renewed by the word of God, my life is being transformed. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So your spirit is saved by, the, by faith, and your soul is being saved by the word. Let's talk about the body real quick. Okay? The body is saved by hope in the resurrection. That's future tense. Let's look at this word hope real quick. Right, I'll bring out some scriptures in a moment. But the hope means, alpis is the confident expectation of good. It's a search of something. Faith is now. But hope is something coming. Faith is, um, anyway, yeah, I'm going to go right to Hebrews 11. 1. Now faith is the substance of things hope. Be hopeful. But faith, now faith is. It's now. It's the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I can spend more time on that, and that's worth being taught. We need to talk about hope. Hope is good. We have a living hope. But faith is now. So, our body is saved by hope in the resurrection. Okay, let's look at, let's look at Romans chapter 8, verses 23 to 24. And doing so, let's back up to verse 20, 
Romans 8, beginning verse 24, the creation was subject to vitality, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope. Because the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of the corruption and the glorious liberty of the children of God. Verse 22. For we know that the whole creation groans and labors with birth pains together until now. Verse 23. Not only that, but we also have the first fruits. I'll come back to that in just a moment. We have the first fruits of the Spirit. In other words, we have the first fruits of salvation now in our spirit. Even when we ourselves groan with ourselves, eagerly waiting for the adoption of the redemption of our body. We're waiting for the redemption of our body. We're waiting for that. But we were saved in this hope. But hope that is seen is not hope. But why does one still hope for what he sees? This can be real deep and a little hard to understand. But let's look at some of this. By faith we already have been declared the sons of God. I can bring you other scriptures, many scriptures that says we are the sons, we are the children of God. Behold, a manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the children of God. That's First John chapter three, verse one. But Jesus at His appearing, at the, Jesus at His kingdom, we will mat, will will be manifest as spirit, somebody as the sons of God. We have been declared the sons of God. But when Jesus comes again and he brings his kingdom, his literal physical kingdom, we will be manifested spirit, soul, and body as the sons of God. Okay? And the curse of the fall will remove from all creation. You know, one thing I love in the book of Revelation, chapter 22, uh, I forget which verse it is, it's towards the beginning, it says, there's no more curse. Sin is gone. There is no curse. I'm not talking about the curse of the law. I'm talking about the curse of the fall. Okay? The curse of the fall will be removed. Okay? Continuing in the same context, in verse 23, he says, We have received the first fruits of our salvation. Now hold this. What's the first fruits? We're born again! <laughs> That's the first fruits. The first fruits is that our spirit is saved. Our mind is being saved. And our body will be saved. Okay? We are too, we are groaning on the inside, waiting for the redemption of our bodies. I don't know about you, but my body groans. You should hear it in the morning. <laughs> Getting up out of bed. It's groaning. Okay? My spirit's not groaning. My mind, well, that can groan sometimes too. But my body's groaning. With birth pains, okay? We're waiting for the redemption of our bodies. It's been purchased, but it hasn't been redeemed yet. Okay? Again, we now not, not only that, we have also have... Let me slow down. Calm down, Pastor Nick. Not only that, but we also have the first fruits. We have it. The first fruits of the Spirit. Even we, we ourselves groan within ourselves. Eagerly waiting for the adoption, the redemption of our body. For we were saved in this hope. All creation is groaning, including our own bodies. We're waiting for the redemption of our body. And we were saved in this hope. Our bodies are purchased. I, talk, I talked about this briefly you know, when we talked about our fetus here, talking about this, this, uh, this uh, redemption that we have in Christ Jesus. But our bodies have not yet been redeemed. Our spirits have been redeemed. Our spirits have been sealed. We'll talk about them in a little more detail later. But our spirits have been born again. 
Our spirits have been saved. Our spirits have been made whole. Our minds are being renewed by the word of God. Our minds are being made whole by the word of God. But our body is saved by the hope in the resurrection. Our body is made whole by the hope in the resurrection. And we'll get into this in more detail too as we go forward. So our spirit is saved now by faith. And, is being, and, and our soul is being saved by the word. And our body is saved in the resurrection. Future tense. Where we get to the body. See, if the Lord tarries, your body will go to the dust from whence it came. And your inward man, your spirit and your soul, will go be with the Lord from which it came. Your spirit and your soul came from God. And we're going to look at this more detail next week. But... We are confident, yes, we are well pleased, rather, to be absent from the body and to, and to be present with the Lord. Therefore, we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing. I don't know about you, but my outward man is perishing. It's getting older, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. My inward man is being renewed day by day. Your spirit, your soul can be renewed day by day, because my spirit is saved. And when your your inward man is being renewed day by day because you are born again and you are sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise. Okay? So not only that, we have also have the first fruits of the Spirit. I want to highlight that again. Where we ourselves groan within ourselves, eagerly waiting for the adoption of our redemption of our body. See, my inward man is being renewed day by day because my spirit is the first, first fruits of salvation. If it's the first fruit, there's more fruit coming. Okay? Our minds are now being renewed by the wash of water by the word. Again, James 1.21, we'll spend more time with this later. But therefore lay aside all filthiness and overflow of the wickedness and receive with meekness and plant the word of God, which is able to save your souls. But my body is saved by hope and the resurrection. Future tense, Romans 8. 23 to 24. Now I'm going to pause here. I have four minutes left, but I'm, I want to pause here because I have another scripture that I want to go to, Genesis 2-7, and I'm not going to go there yet because it's a whole other can of worms as we're going to talk about the body being redeemed um, that I want to go into, and I don't have enough time to get all that in here and leave with it. I don't want to leave with a confusing note. I want to leave with, with a sound note. We'll pick it up here next week. I'll recap a little bit of what we talked about wholeness so far next week. So we pick up right here next week. And we're going to be talking about wholeness, spirit, soul, and body over the next few weeks. This is a mini-series within the series of talking about such a great salvation. And then we're going to be talking about healing and prosperity. And then we'll be going on to a new whole new series altogether. Does it make sense? So we, we are still on this path for a while. We're going to be talking about wholeness. And I'm going to spend some time with each one of these aspects of spirit, soul, and body. We're going to talk about spirit. We're going to understand that. And we're going to understand soul. We're going to understand that. And we're going to talk about body. We're going to understand those three things. And all under the umbrella of being whole. All under the umbrella of the benefits of our salvation, uh, which we're talking about. Yeah, such a great salvation. Okay? So we're going to talk about this. I'm real excited about where we're going and where we've come so far. God bless you guys. We'll see you tonight at 6 o'clock Pacific Standard Time. And you guys have a good week. Thank you.